This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Welcome one and all to game time here on ESPN Central Texas. It is a Monday. We're glad you're with us. Tom Barfield, Ward White, and Garrett Ross as we get ready to roll through this uh, this Monday. We're going to be talking some hoops. We're going to be talking some football. We got all it's Super Bowl week. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, and then who knows what else we may get into as we uh, as we roll through this Monday. Let's uh, let's go around the horn. Ward, how are we? Outstanding. Ready to go? Yes, sir. Exciting weekend? Mm, yeah, pretty good weekend. Pretty good weekend. All right. All right. Well, anything, I mean, was there anything that just, you know, made it a little different than the norm or? Um, watched Ice Melt. <laughs> well, yeah, got I think to watch, we got to watch a really good movie over the weekend. That was fun. Oh yeah, I haven't done that in a while. You went to the theater? No, I didn't go to the theater. I, I, I did it at home. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a theater person. I like going to the theater. I just haven't. I haven't been in a long time. You cannot. You cannot duplicate the popcorn at home like you can at the theater. There's something about theater popcorn. That you know, and I know it's about seventeen dollars and fifty cents for a bucket. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a C note to go to the movie, isn't it? It's not cheap. I mean, by the time you buy the twenty five dollar box of of uh, thin mints or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where thin mints came from, but I mean, you know, not cheap. <laughs> no, it's not. I I I enjoy. Watching it at home. Now. So you yeah. saw a brand new movie, a new release, uh-huh. but you did it in the comfort. Yeah, it. Well, it's 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 pretty much a brand new release. It just came out on digital. Ah, uh, so it had been out in the theaters already. Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Are they doing that now? Where you? Because weren't they yeah, doing you, that during you the pandemic? Still, you you could, can still get early access. I almost got an early access of uh, the movie about. Uh, gosh, what's the name of it with the former Rams quarterback. Oh, I don't yeah, know the I name of the movie, but I know what you're talking about. The yeah. Kurt Warner movie? Kurt Warner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That That's early access. It's still in the theaters, but you can Where you he throws the Cheerios down the aisle and... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't get it. I, I, I watched the, uh, uh, the the new Ghostbusters. Ooh. Yeah? Yeah. How was that? Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, okay, so when you say outstanding... Highly recommended. When you compare it to the original Ghostbusters, because uh-huh. I thought about that movie, believe it or not, Saturday, I'm watching the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and Bill Murray's out mm-hmm. there doing what Bill Murray does, you right. know, right. and entertaining. And mm-hmm. I thought about Ghostbusters. Right. I didn't even know there was a new Ghostbusters. Yes. That'll this, tell you how in tune to. This This is to, not like a remake, like the one with all the women in it. Yeah. Where it was trying to, they tried to remake Ghostbusters and that failed miserably. This is. Continuing the story of Ghostbusters. Okay, I saw Paul Rudd was in it. Isn't it like where one of those their grandkids discover something? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit of it. Uh, in general terms, what do you guys think about remakes? You know, this movie's twenty five years old. Let's do it again, and, and let's do it with all the com. You know, with all the modern technology. Uh, I'm not a fan because I'm compa- I'm always going to compare it to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And this is not a remake at all. 
this picks the story up. Gotcha. Yeah, most remakes fail. I'm not a big remake person. I'm not. I'm not. So, I, I'm assuming you and your family kind of hunker down uh, with with the ice storm, the great ice storm of 2022. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, it, <laughs> Friday we didn't really do much. I mean, we just kind of hung around and you know play PlayStation and watch some TV. Uh, then cabin fever really set in. Oh uh, yeah. Especially for my son and I. So I had to take him to uh, see my grandpa yesterday or, or on Saturday. So we went over to Oglesby and hung out for a little bit. I then yesterday we kind of hung around the house and he wanted to go outside when it was about 50 and shoot baskets. So we went out there. And Another all of that. Oh, yeah. So we had a good weekend. I mean, it got to 50 yesterday and I thought, OK, here we go. T-shirt and shorts. Let's that's, go. That's exactly how we were rolling. We were, I mean, we were uh, we had to do a little work up here both Saturday and Sunday. So uh and I, and I got to thinking about it. I didn't have the great ice storm of 2022. I was here. Thir- we were all here Thursday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then we left. And we were here Friday afternoon. I got to produce the in, in substitute for the John Moore show. John was in the air flying to Lawrence. And then uh, we had the Matt Mosley show on Friday. We We were... We just couldn't get here Friday morning. No, for, no, for no, our little shindig. No, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been very um, wise. And then I was here Saturday and Sunday, so I'm like, hang on a second. Everybody else in this building took off Wednesday and didn't show and hasn't shown back up yet. That's a little unfair. Were you lonely up here? Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I was the only one in the building uh, Friday for a while until Mr. Sexton showed up to handle the the matt mosley program and then uh you know the baylor women played friday night oh mm-hmm. speaking of which how about that little sweep you know and, and look was it uh that was on wednesday night i'm trying it's all starting to kind of run together but they lost to what oklahoma wednesday night mm-hmm. didn't play very well skies falling you know the whole you know you know you know what you know what fans do and media does and and then they come right back in and play two days later on Friday night, get the home win over Texas. And for me, I thought if they could get a split out of this thing, you know, with this back-to-back deal, mm-hmm. but they didn't. I mean, they got the win Friday night and then went and won the game yesterday. So they came out of this thing in pretty good shape. I thought that was kind of weird, like playing the back-to-back like that. Was that something that was originally scheduled? No, 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 no. That no, was no. a makeup from COVID or the, something? It, it's a COVID situation, okay. and they're going to do it again a little later on in the year, I think, with Kansas State or somebody like that. Okay. Uh, no, it's TCU. They're, yeah. they're literally, they're literally, they literally moved a Kansas State game, the league did, not Baylor, the league, moved a Kansas State game so that they can put the TCU game back-to-back. And they're going to do exactly like they did, right? You know, a home and home with TCU, like they just did with Texas. But uh, for 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 them to come out of there with those two wins, huge, huge. They needed it, you know. And again, everybody, oh my goodness, you know what's wrong with what's wrong with Baylor? They played so well. They did play bad. I guess my point is, over thirty games or whatever the case may be. You're going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get a good game. You're going to get a bad game. You're going to get a, You're going to win a game you probably shouldn't have. You're going to lose a game you probably shouldn't. Have. You know, you're going to get all of that. And the reason I bring that up, fellas, is Saturday afternoon in Lawrence, Kansas. <sighs> that was bad. That's as bad as it gets, isn't it? I mean, they. Ju- I don't. You know, 
you'd have to ask Coach Drew, but I'm not real clear that they played well in any phase that you know that you could see. They looked scared at times. Quite honestly, they did. I agree. They did. They were completely out of sync. Oh, that that's a fact. And, you know, how do you put your finger on that? I mean, Coach Drew said he felt like the team was prepared, ready to play. They had a good scouting report, you know. But I'll take you back seven days before that. Anybody see Kentucky beating Kansas on Kansas' own floor by 18? No. no. It happens. The question is, how do you respond from it? And, and, and I'm, I'm the first to tell you that this team was 15-0 at one point. Now they're 4-4 four and four over their last eight. And if you don't think that depth and injuries and all that factors into all of this, well, certainly it does. I mean, your leading scorer hasn't played in, what, three games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this team doesn't have the, the depth to withstand all of these injuries. And again, when you're playing at sometimes two and three freshmen at the same time, and you know, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just, I'm just stating what what are facts. And this team is not last year's team. Last year's team was oh. a veteran group that was incredibly deep and healthy and, and healthy. That's, COVID they, was the only situation. Yeah, they avoided injury last year. You know, and, and that's not been the case. You have been without. L.J. Cryer, you've been without Adam Flagler, and I who how Langston Love before the season, again in that A and M scrimmage, yeah, and, and then you know you're, you're Akinjo the point guard, and, and then Sohan. I mean, when is the last time this team was 100 percent healthy? It's, I, I will tell you this: the last time this team was 100 percent healthy, they run defeated. Absolutely, they run defeated. So. I guess my point is they've got to figure out a way to weather the storm, get everybody back on the floor, and see where it goes from there. I, I'm not going to look at the Kansas game and go, oh, my, look at all these deficiencies. Look at all these problems. They've got to correct this, that, the other. I'm not. Now, is if that is one of many, then you have to go back and look at it. But for me right now, flush Kansas, get ready for Kansas State Wednesday night on the road, which will not be easy. On the road in Manhattan is not going to be easy. But you got to figure out a way to get the win. You can't let this turn into to multiples. I think they'll be fine. I think this is a matter of kind of looking at the remainder of the schedule and even looking into the Big 12 tournament and just saying, okay, we're probably going to take some losses here and there, but we got to make sure that we're 100% healthy going into March Madness because that's when it's really going to matter. Yeah, that's exactly right. Here's the one thing you don't want to have happen. You don't want some of the enough of these losses – to pile up to where you're a five or a six or a seven in the tournament and you're having to play good competition. You want to be a one or a two, you know, where you're, you're where you're getting a couple of cupcakes in the beginning, you know? I don't think they would drop below like a three seed. I, I think that the – Depending the, on how many losses they I – mean, we've got a long way to go. I know, but I still feel like this team – they're they're good enough. Their chemistry when they're on the floor, I think they'll win enough games. They're going to lose some here and there, but I think they'll win enough games by the time March Madness where they won't be below a two seed. <laughs> so we talked about this before. I'm switching gears on us, guys. 
because <laughs> I'm laughing at, at a text that we got on the CNC Collision Center text line from the 903 because we talked about this right before we went on the air. It says, good morning, gentlemen, and I don't know who he's referring to. Uh, I understand that no one wants to get hurt during the Pro Bowl, but heck, <laughs> those guys should have not put on pads and just played touch football. The NHL puts on a better all-star weekend than the NFL. Yep. Ward, oh. I refuse to watch it. Garrett didn't watch it, but you turned it on because you're that football fanatic in our room. Mm-hmm. What was your takeaway on the Pro Bowl? It was awful. Absolutely awful. It was touch football. Uh, I, I don't know why they had pads on either. It, it, it was – why even play the game? I don't think you should. I think if you go back to like a skills competition like they used to do – you First know, of all, put the darn thing back where it's supposed to be after the Super Bowl, and then some of those Super Bowl players can participate. You can go to Hawaii like you used to. Uh, Keyshawn was talking about that this morning. Put it back like it used to be. Put the darn game and, and play football. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. How, it, so it, you, you got to tell was, me how long did almost, you stay with it? Uh, I kept going in and out because I thought it's got to get better. Right. And it, and it, it never did? No, it never did. It so was, they played four quarters of touch football. Pretty much, in, yeah. In pads. Yeah. I mean, if they got close to the guy, he just blew the whistle. It was down. It 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 was it was a joke. It absolutely was a joke. It was it was worse than the NBA All-Star game. Where they, but they play offense in the NBA. They just don't play a lick yeah, of defense. defense. They don't no, play, it's I mean, when it's you, 187 to 179. Which you know? is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. You know, used to, the only All-Star game, well, baseball was always number one, and then football was number two because they had actually played. Play. Well... Ask Pete Rose, do they play Do they play real baseball in the All-Star game? Football's now number four. It really is. I mean, it, it. you know, last year was not bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. This or year before last, they didn't have it last year. But it, I... So do you, do you believe the officials were instructed, hey, when there's about uh, to be contact, was, blow the whistle? There was no, there was no even attempt to a tackle. I get that you don't want to you don't want to sack a quarterback in a in an exhibition game, right? Because they're they're wearing dresses already in the regular season. Uh, no, it wasn't about that. Running backs run through the line of scrimmage. Somebody get close to them, whistle blows. There's Never no went point to the playing. ground. The, the, what, yeah, exactly. Other than you sold tickets to it and you had a television audience, why'd you even play the game? Yeah, I don't I don't know. They shouldn't have. It was terrible. So. That was bad. I, I don't know about you guys, but I am locked in on the Olympics. I, I, I am into this Winter Olympics. And I get tickled because when they show the, the, the faraway view, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's all fake snow. So there's, there's these brown mountains, and then there's these trails that they're skiing down with the fake snow. But, uh, the entire thing is fake snow, by the way. There's no actual snow on the ground, I don't believe. But the competition really is good. Do you guys, I mean, like tonight, my television will lock in on both USA and NBC, and I'll go back and forth. CNBC as well. I'm not an Olympics person. I, I, summer I, or winter? Yeah, I don't care for the Olympics. I love the Summer Olympics. Winter? Track and field. Winter. I'll tune in a little bit, but I'm not locked in on it. Oh, my goodness. When they hit the bobsled next week, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> I like it. 
I would attempt to do that. That would be fun to try to do, but I can't watch it. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'll I'll tune in and and I enjoy it, but not like not like the Summer Olympics. When they hit the track and field, I'm locked. I take the World Cup over the Olympics. Oh no. Hands down. Uh uh-uh. uh. If we're in the finals, I'll turn it on. But I'm not watching that. I will. But I, the only thing, and I'm, I'm going to make somebody mad. I know I am, but it's my personal <laughs> observation and opinion. Because it, I, I get outvoted in my house one-to-one. Uh-huh. I don't like watching the figure skating. I, 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 it, I, like, I like competition where you can get us, where, where, you know, hey, if you do this, you right. get, yeah. That's why the timed events I like. If, if it's judged... Not I'm, I'm not a big fan of stuff that's judged, uh, and like some of that, some of that downhill skiing stuff where they do the jumps and all that stuff. Yeah, it's timed and judged because the faster you get down, the more points you get. But then your jumps are judged. I, I kind of do that okay because again, they're trying to get down the bottom of the hill as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, get here as quick right. as possible. Uh, if it's a timed event, I'm, I'm I, I enjoy it. But if it's judged, you know. Uh, not for me. I can see that. Not for me, but I have to watch it because it's so beautiful. And I'm looking around the room, going, "Hang on a second, I got the remote in my hand. Why am I having to watch this?" <laughs> Just mesmerized. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just don't want to hear it. <laughs> Seven seventeen coming up. We're gonna talk. To, and by the way, if you, if you're into the Olympics, what 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 do you what do you think? What's what do you like? I mean, here we go. Uh, let us know about it on the CNC Collision Center text line, 254-662-1660. This is game time, and we're brought to you this uh, morning in part by Goodfeed in the Central Texas Marketplace, also by Versalive Southwest, now hiring for hy- hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians at 7601 Imperial. And we're also brought to you in part by Pro Star Rental, the number one choice for all your equipment needs in Belton on I-35 and in Waco at 2308 Robinson Drive. Let's check the weather forecast from Fox 44. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. Mostly sunny skies and a high of 56. We'll see a pretty weak cold front move through the area this morning, which will shift our winds back out of the north anywhere between 10 to 15 miles per hour, with some gusting to 20 miles per hour. Clear skies tonight with a low of 28. Tomorrow, much warmer with a high of 65 and mostly sunny skies. Make sure to join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us this Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey. It's the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's and right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. 
At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, we've got you covered. Plus, our friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. We have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And we have eight locations across Texas to serve you. Visit us online at ProStarRental.com for more information. ProStar Rental, we make work easier. The best prices on newer used guns can be found at Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of 9mm guns, revolvers, shotguns, and ammo. From brand names like Smith & Wesson, Canik, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Buy, sell, or trade with a friendly and knowledgeable staff that will promptly answer your questions. And ask about their lifetime warranty on new guns. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16-1182-22462. Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House is one of Waco's longest, continuous, family-owned barbecue restaurants. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's has been offering delicious ribs made from scratch sides, the famous Texas tater, and prime beef brisket. Convenient drive through windows and sit-down dining allow customers to be served in whichever way they desire. Uncle Dan's is proud to serve Central Texas Monday through Saturday with locations in Waco and Hewitt. Come visit the loyal staff at Uncle Dan's today and experience their rich history and family recipes. Seven twenty-one. Welcome back to game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We're in the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat Studios on this Monday morning. Tom and Ward and Garrett, and glad to have you with us. And you know, I still see traces of some snow and ice from the great ice storm of twenty twenty-two out uh, on the lawn here at the radio station. I mean, it's it's still it, it's it's a reminder to drive safe. In Bisa. Thursday, Garrett and I were running around. It wasn't bad. Wasn't terrible, no. I was expecting it to be a lot worse. So did I. So did I. But uh, <laughs> Friday was a little slick. I'm telling you, uh, Ward, you came up here Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the The roads weren't horrible, but the Durham parking lot sure was. Yeah. I it, mean, I started to charge $5, let people bring their skates and... <laughs> Well, I mean, you're always looking to, you know, chance to make a little money. But uh, we could have had a skating rink in our parking lot. Yeah, it was it was not good in the parking lot. And, and it wasn't – It Friday morning getting out was not an option. It just wasn't. Yeah. yeah. No. I had to wait till the until, you know, closer to lunchtime to – Move around a little bit. Move around a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's 20, uh, 722. It, it, let's talk a little bit about uh, Nikki Collin and the Baylor women. Uh they win Friday night at home in a in what I thought was was a physical basketball game, and I don't know if you guys saw any of it yesterday. It, it picked right up where they left off. I mean, it was it was it was there was I mean there was constant contact, and if those and I I would think that's a hard game to officiate when it's like that because literally I think they could have blown the whistle every ten seconds. I mean there it was contact. So I think if they didn't see blood or anything, they just let, let it go. And I'm all for that. Less whistles. Well, yeah, that, I mean, because, the uh, look, we all know the more of those whistles, there's no rhythm to the game. No. I mean, it, it becomes a free-throw shooting contest. Uh, but I, I 
I know it was a hard game to officiate, but I thought they did okay. And what you want to have is you want the players to decide the outcome of the game. And I think we got that. And they made a couple of calls that you went, oh, hang on a second. But they also went to the monitor and corrected a couple of things. So, anyway, bottom line is Baylor comes out of there with the win. They win uh, in Austin 63-55. to They're now 17-5. and They're 7-3 and in the conference. And, you know, uh, what a huge, huge, huge game from N- Nalissa Smith. 28-13, and fellas. She went for 28 points, 13 rebounds in the game yesterday. Uh, Jamie Asbury had 13 for the only two Bears in in double figures, but 28 and 13, it's huge. It really is. And, I mean, you got to get more production uh, from from your other players. You can't expect to go into hostile territory like that and have two players score in double digits and win consistently. So, I mean, it's a great win. It showed some, you know, great tenacity for them, especially – and I think it kind of meant more, like, from an emotional standpoint to beat Texas back-to-back just because – you know, they carry that stigma around them, per se, as to beating Kansas State back-to-back. I, but, and I'll have to look, but, man, Baylor over the last, what, 10 or 12 years have absolutely owned Texas. They have. They have owned Texas. Uh, and it's just become just part of the deal where they go in and, and, and win the game, and uh, that's exactly what they did. By the way, Sunday, yesterday, marked the first time since 1999 that a team the same ranked opponent twice in three days. It, it just doesn't happen. And, and I think that's kind of a cool thing, Ward, uh, while they have put these games back-to-back, and they're going to do it again with the TCU games. Yeah, you don't have that opportunity unless you play them at the end of the season. You may play them in your conference tournament, or you they're in your conference and you draw them early in, in the NCAA tournament. So the, the opportunities really aren't there that often for a back-to-back like that. But to be able to handle it and get it done, you know, that's that's a, that's a big statement for this basketball team. You, you were able to fight through, and, you know, they lost the lead a couple of times yesterday, and they found a way to storm back and, and get it done. And you, met, you mentioned Smith. You know, she played, what, the final – most of the final quarter, yeah, maybe absolutely. all of it, with four fouls and still was able to stay on the floor and fight through and, and mm-hmm. some big free throws down the stretch, you know, put this thing on ice for the Bears. Queen Eggball only had four points and uh, was in foul trouble again. Uh, played 23 minutes in the game uh, yesterday. but And, again, this is this is a team that, you know, look, it, it's the rotation seven. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. It's, there's not a ton of options right now. Uh, after the game, Coach Collin caught up with uh, Derek and Sevilla and, uh, and talked about and talked about the win in Austin. Yeah, I mean, we just were more poised. We took care of the basketball. You know, we had one assist and 11 turnovers at the half. One assist and 11 turnovers. Um, so to have seven assists and three turnovers against their pressure, um, you know, especially considering it was our third game in six days or five days, I don't know, whatever it was. It was it, they, they came fast and furious. And so um, we just executed. We simplified the playbook. We got, we got flatter in our ball screens and tried to open up the paint. You know, we went to action to, to screen list to the short corner and, and had a counter out of it that was just effective time after time after time. And so, you know, I just I thought we had more poise. I thought we had more poise. We played better downhill. We didn't screw around with the ball nearly as much. That is Nikki Collin on the post game yesterday from the Baylor Sports Network and Learfield with uh, Derek and Sophia after the uh, 
after the 63-55 win. Again, it, you know, look, they played, what, three games in five days, whatever the case may be, uh, with with a, with a group of seven, if mm-hmm. you will. And, you know, it, it came out of there two and one. Can't ask for much more. Than that. I mean, I agree. You know, I know you didn't you didn't like what Wednesday looked like, uh, but heck, you, you certainly liked what Friday and, and and Sunday looked like. And you know, if you're a men's fan, I know you didn't like what Saturday looked like. So, but let's see what Wednesday looks like before we start pressing that panic button. All right, uh, seven twenty-eight. We're twenty-eight after seven. Jerry Hill. Uh, from the Baylor Bear Insiders going to join us next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. The great Tony Caridi, the voice of the Mountaineers. This doesn't translate well on radio, but I texted you a picture. What's, what's your first thought when you see uh, that man with me in that picture? I thought, it, I said like, it looked like someone took Bob Huggins' head and put it onto a different person's <laughs> body with a Baylor warm-up. That's, That's right. That's right. And I know all of Huggs' brothers, and I said, it looks like one of Huggs' brothers. And actually, this guy looks more like Huggs' brother than Huggs' brothers do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, that is Henry Witt Jr. He runs Affiliated Auto Glass. It's on the circle here in Waco. And he is maybe not the spitting image of Bob Huggins, but but like he could be his brother. I mean, it could absolutely be his brother. The Voice of the Bears, John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. 
Taking advantage of two interceptions returned for touchdowns, the AFC beat the NFC in the Pro Bowl 41-35. A strong third quarter helped Baylor overcome an eight-point halftime deficit to beat Texas 63-55. They will host Kansas State on Wednesday while the Baylor men travel to Kansas State to take on the Wildcats the same night. Tom Hogue won his first PGA event with a two-shot victory over Jordan Spieth at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The Highlander basketball team is 20-3 and, and has a two-game lead in conference play as they travel to Weatherford tonight. The High Lassies are also at Weatherford for a 5 o'clock start. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, stand by. Now, from the Allen Samuel Studios. Welcome back into the program. This is game time with Tom and Ward and Aaron. uh, Aaron, sorry, uh, Garrett. Come on, man. (laughs) Well, I mean, I got, I got, I got off course when uh, when Ward beat the beat the microphone over there with his headset. So it's Monday. Uh, Welcome back into the program. Let's talk some Baylor basketball. Let's continue the conversation. We welcome into the program from the Baylor Bear Insider, Mr. Jerry Hill. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. Sounds like you guys are having a party in there. Well, it's 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 fun. We're having a little fun, Jerry. Uh, you know, after Wednesday night's game with Oklahoma, you know the sky was falling. They didn't play well. It was this. It was that. And, and they came back Friday and Sunday and played really, really well and got two huge wins. Yeah, and it was it was two very different games too, Tom. Uh, you know, the one uh, Friday. I mean, they you know pretty much led right from the start. Had a double digit lead most of the game, but then when Texas cut it down to three, Baylor responded. Uh, you know, it was kind of the opposite of that um, on Sunday, yesterday, when Texas was the one that kind of had the lead most of the game, or, you know, at least through the first half. And, uh, you know, Texas got up three in the fourth quarter, and it was like, you know, a light switched on, and um, Baylor, you know, had a 10-0 run to really kind of take charge of that game. So, Two very different games, but they, you know, they won them both. They figured out a way to win them both, and and obviously, Melissa Smith was was great in both of them. Yeah, twenty eight and thirteen yesterday, Jerry. That's, I mean, that is big time. That's putting your 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 team on on your shoulders. Really did, and and the thing that I think has helped her, you know, and and I credit Nikki a little bit to that is that she has stretched her game. She, she's always been able to shoot some outside. But it's like, you know, that's a better option now sometimes. You know, if you're if you're getting just two, three people around you in the post, you know, step out to that baseline jumper, and she can knock that down just about every time. So, yeah, I mean, she had a huge game, 15th double-double of the season. Uh, you know, she's playing really well. She was, I mean, you know, she was the Wade Trophy winner last year, but I think she's playing better this year. What does this do confidence-wise for this team right now, Jerry? Well, I, you know, it kind of keeps you in the race, I guess, Ward. Uh, you know, I, I think it is huge, particularly the win on the road, because I think most people thought, you know, if you looked at those games playing back-to-back like that, probably the home team wins them both, uh, you know, and you split. But, you know, I think Baylor getting both wins kind of keeps them in the race, and, and they're right there. I mean, they're one game behind in the loss column. So you're it's not like certainly you're not out of the race, and you probably wouldn't have been out of the race even if you had lost one of those. But I just think it really – it does. It gives you a lot of confidence that, you know what, um, there's 
eight games left, we can win them all. And and if they do that, I think they got a really good shot to to win the championship or at least uh, share it again this year. Jerry, what do you think it's going to take to get Queen Eggbo back into rhythm and back into the yeah. groove of things? Yeah, it's funny because uh, I think it was going into the Oklahoma game. Um, I I I asked Nikki about because she was on a good roll right before that, about four games. So I guess um, I guess I jinxed it because she was really playing well. And I mean, foul trouble has been some of that issue, particularly the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, she just—I don't know—she just disappears sometimes um, and doesn't play well through contact, that kind of thing. Uh, but she's got to figure out a way to stay out of foul trouble because you know that—that that was another key. Honestly, uh, yesterday was both of them, Queen and Alyssa, had four fouls for the last seven or eight minutes of that game, and were able to stay in there. So. Uh, particularly with Nalissa, I think that was huge that she was able to stay in the game for eight minutes with four fouls. So, yeah, Queen, I think that's probably the biggest thing, Garrett, is she's got to stay out of foul trouble um, and, you know, maybe be more confident. Um, you know, sometimes I think she, you know, when things don't go her way, she kind of, you know, drops her shoulders, that kind of thing. So, um, and, and if your shot's not falling or things aren't going on the offensive end, don't, you know, don't let that affect your defense. I, kinda, I know these are kind of cliches, but that's what she needs to do. She's a really good defender. So if your offensive game isn't going, do that on the defensive end, and maybe that creates some points. And, and it, not to just keep piling on, but you know. her, her fouls tend to happen early in the game, and so Nikki's right. got to get her out of the game. Yesterday she only played 23 minutes, and you need more yeah. than 23 minutes out of Queen Egbo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need her on the floor as – as much as possible and and you know she she hasn't been able to do it very much but nikki keeps wanting to put um caitlin bickle at the three and have a bigger lineup but you know when one or both of them are in foul trouble you can't do it you know because caitlin's got to be the sub for one of them if, if not both so um yeah they haven't been able to have that bigger lineup in there uh, and to do that, she is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Talking with Jerry Hill from the Baylor Bear Insider. Jerry, let's switch gears and uh, and talk uh, some men's basketball. Uh, honestly, Saturday was a day to forget. Yeah, I, was, I thought we weren't going to talk about this, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I lied. Uh, that's right. The men, the men decided to take off Saturday. So, uh, it was rough. You know, and the thing about it is when you look at that game, it's like, I, I don't know that you kind of thought one was coming, but they really haven't had just that really, really ugly game. You can say the first half of Oklahoma State, um, this was like that times two. You know, they, they had two really bad halves and just never got anything going. Now, Kansas is a really good team, and particularly playing in Allen Fieldhouse. I know Kentucky had beaten them in there and beaten them in there pretty good. But I think that was another thing that kind of motivated them because this was their first game at home since that loss. So I think that really motivated him going into this game. But, yeah, Baylor just never got off the mat. I mean, they, they found themselves down early and just never recovered. Um, you know, when it was 18, I think, at the half, I thought, you know, Baylor might make a run because that was very similar to the Oklahoma State game. That's about what they were down against Oklahoma State and came back and had a chance to, to tie it there at the end. But just never happened. Never got on a run. Adam Flagler, at least, you know, made some shots, played much better in the second half, but nobody else really got it going. So it was just, you know, one of those games. You, you certainly need LJ Cryer back, but, uh, you know, when, when Akinjo's going over 11 and you don't have LJ Cryer, that's just a bad combination. You know, he had a rough game. I think he had four turnovers as well. So, 
uh, got to get him going. And again, he's probably not a hundred percent, you know, there's about four of them there that, and, and probably the other ones have, you know, bumps and bruises and this and that, but you know, they just got to play through that and, and, you know, hopefully survive this stretch and, and stay in the race. Guard-driven team that did not have a point in the first half from their guards. Uh, you're, you're just not going to win games like that. Yeah, they were they were 0 for 14 uh, in the first half, 0 for 7 from outside the arc. So that really hurt you. You know, I mean, if you just – if you make two or three of those, think about that. If you make a, a couple of those three-pointers, okay, you're only down 12 or you're down 9 instead of 18 at the half. So – yeah, I think if they had just made a couple of buckets and, you know, kept them in the game, you know, maybe you do make a second half run. But when you're that far down against a Kansas team like that, you're, it's just really hard to come back. Jerry, how imperative is it this team get a little bit healthier before tournament play gets here? Is that a possibility right now? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key, uh, Ward, if, they, if they're going to make a run. Because, you know, they can't do it unless they're pretty close to 100% fully healthy. and and I don't know. I mean, LJ may not ever get there. Um, Adam Flagler's probably not going to be 100%. James Akinjo is dealing with stuff. Uh, Jeremy Sohan's come back, and he's played pretty well. Um, but, yeah, all of those guys are dealing with stuff. And, and you got to think maybe some of the other guys are too. So, uh, yeah, I think to make a run, you know, to maybe like win the Big 12 tournament, to, to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, they've got to be pretty close to full strength because that was the key to this team is you had – so many weapons and you could go to different guys on different nights but you know if two of those guys are missing then you know you're kind of you lose some of those options that kind of carried you through that stretch jerry there really are no excuses for saturday's performance but i thought it was intriguing even in the pregame uh listening to jmo and pat when they had on um uh anyway when they were talking about the the home cooking there and the, the referees and then you kind of see it play out and then Coach Drew, talk about that that emotion when he got fired up and got in the ref's face. Yeah, I, I mean, you're going to face it every time you go into Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, I, I think Fran Fraschella was the one who said, you know, that it, it's a 10-point difference, um, you know, with them and the officiating, the officiating. Or, you know, the officials are human, and when you got 16,000 people screaming at you, it might affect your calls, you know, so – um, and I don't think that was the reason they lost that game. It might have been the reason they lost as as much as they did. But, yeah, I mean, you're just not going to get a lot of calls in there. You've got to go win the game. Um, but, yeah, it's I would say it's probably one of the toughest places in the country to play. This game, what what they do with this game is, to me, is, is the key. If they respond, come back, play well Wednesday, go on the road, get a win, then this game you just flush. But – what you don't want this game to do is lead to another one. So, to me, the most important game for them, and I know it's cliche, is the next right. game. Yeah, and, and and I think that was another thing Fran said during that game was, uh, you know, it's it's kind of make or break. You know, this could break you um, just because it was as bad as it was, but it could also make you. It could motivate you to, you know what, we're not going to let this happen again. So, I do think Wednesday's game is huge. You're playing on the road again. You're going back to Kansas. Thankfully, it's K-State and not Kansas this time. But, you know, that's a tough place to play, too, or it can be. So, you know, Kansas State is obviously not as good as they've been, um, you know, a lot of times when Baylor goes in there. But they're certainly capable of beating you uh, in there. So, I think it, it, wasn't it used to be like the octagon of doom or something? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, that that is a tough place to play. So, yeah, I think if – 
I think you're going to know a lot when you see how they respond on Wednesday night. Do they come in there and really play well and, and you know, not necessarily dominate the game, but just win the game? Uh, I, I think that'll be a good sign that, you know what, I think they're going to be okay. Um, and, and, you know, we got to remember, too, uh, you know, they're sitting here at 7-3. and three. You know, it's not like they've been awful. They've won a lot of games that, uh, you know, West Virginia earlier in the week, you know, they were down in that game and had to had to come back and win with some guys missing. So, yeah, I, I think this has been a resilient team. So th- I think this will be the biggest test, though, to see how resilient they are. Can they come back and respond and, and win a big game on the road? All right, here's the most important question of the morning. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Winter Olympic sport? <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously I like hockey. Um, I, I know a lot of people are big figure skating fans. I'm not. Um, so I, I would say hockey. Um, I like some of the speed skating though, too. Um, I got to admit, Tom, I haven't watched a lot of it though. I'm, I'm not a curling fan though. I can tell you. That. <laughs> That's like a shuffleboard to me, you know, <laughs> I'm pulling for the Jamaican bobsled team. I'm just okay, telling you. There we go. Bobsled's fun too. That's a good one. Hey, well, what do you got coming up? Uh, what What are you working on? Yeah, I've got a. I've got. I'm actually working on a feature on Alvin Brooks the third. Um, you know, he's uh, one of Baylor's assistant coaches. His dad is now the Lamar head coach. They They met each other obviously in the Final Four a year ago. But this is just kind of a getting to know feature on on Alvin and and just kind of maybe where he's come from and where he's headed, that kind of thing. So that'll be a fun one to do. And then. You know, again, a lot of basketball, uh, some tennis. We got a little bit of everything. I think softball starts this week. It does Friday. So, yeah, here we go. It's February. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, how can how can we uh, how can we find the Baylor Bear Insider? Where can we get it? Yeah, yeah BaylorBears.com. Most of my stuff is on there. Um, we do do a magazine about three or four times a year. I did a bowl preview that you know that came out late December. Um, but, yeah, most of my writing is on BaylorBears.com. BaylorBears.com, the uh, director of sports journalism for Baylor University, Jerry Hill, our guest. Jerry, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Go back to your party. <laughs> we'll see you later. Jerry Hill from the Baylor Bear Insider. 745, we're 15 away from 8. Hey, you could sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they will sell your home in five days or less, or they're going to buy it for a price that you agree upon prior to listing your home. Brokerage House is your connection to buyers from around Central Texas, but not only Central Texas, but also nationally and even internationally. Uh, So if you're going to sell your home, let Aaron Ryan and the group at Brokerage House Realtors do it for you. The Brokerage House and Aaron have a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above, and I like that sound, above market value, and multiple offers for your home. Now, if you need more information, go to their website. It's five, the number five, five days to sold.com. That's five days to sold.com. Or give Aaron a call at 817-812-2978. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl week. Everybody excited? How about those Cowboys? Oh, sorry. Uh, 746. And we're back with more in just a moment. Recently on the John Moore Show. Fran Priscilla, our guest, ESPN color analyst, best in the country at uh, doing that for college basketball, and we appreciate every opportunity he has to come through Waco. It's all cyclical. Everything in college basketball at the power conference level is cyclical, except that over the last eight or nine years, it's been clear that the Big 12 analytically is either one or two. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. You 
weather is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. At UBO Business Services, we understand that digital transformation is the integration of digital technology into all areas of a business, fundamentally changing how you operate and deliver value to your customers. By letting UBO Business Services identify and remedy inefficient paper and email-based business processes, we can help your organization grow by 20 to 30% without adding any additional headcount. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Taking advantage of two interceptions returned for touchdowns, the AFC beat the NFC in the Pro Bowl 41-35. A strong third quarter helped Baylor overcome an eight-point halftime deficit to beat Texas 63-55. They will host Kansas State on Wednesday while the Baylor men travel to Kansas State to take on the Wildcats the same night. Tom Hogue won his first PGA event with a two-shot victory over Jordan Spieth at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The Highlander basketball team is 20-3 and, and has a two-game lead in conference play as they travel to Weatherford tonight. The High Lassies are also at Weatherford for a 5 o'clock start. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Seven fifty ten away from 8, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car biz. All right, guys, Super Bowl 56, are we excited about the Bengals and the Rams? Does this one have you jazzed? Yeah, it's a Super Bowl. So. I'm pretty excited. I am. About the Cincinnati Bengals and I the am. Los Angeles Rams. Yes, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, 
Yeah, I mean, you got LSU people all over the field. Ah, I'm super there we excited go, for Wars. this. Now, Odell hey, Beckham, yeah. it's going down, man. So the star power certainly appears to be on the Rams' uh, sideline. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, star power. No, I, I didn't say best team. I said star power, and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a you know, they went you know Von Miller. I mean, they went and got some stars. They the, got the some Rams dudes. did. So, but doesn't it still? Just like most games in the NFL, the way the the way the league is designed, the league, it, so to speak, that it's about quarterback play. Isn't it really about quarterback play? Nine times out of ten, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. And so, I, I'm sitting here going, I want to see Matt Stafford do well because he's been beat up so much, and he's a Texas boy. But who's the hot hand right now? Joey it's Joe. B. It's Joe Burrow, isn't it? It is. Uh. And the way he's approached this thing, Ward, I, I'm telling you, it, when you hear him talk, you feel like here's a 10-year veteran at the podium. Not a guy in his second year. You know, not a guy that still has flashbacks of winning a national championship in college. It's, it's, it's interesting how he's just kind of taking his team. And Well, I think, you know, for Joe Burrow, the biggest factor for him is he went to the right place. He went to a place that's not overly saturated media-wise, uh, not a whole lot of you know, pressure on him to be the savior of this franchise, although he's done that. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like being in a, a huge market like New York or, or Dallas or something like or, or even Los Angeles. You know, it's kind of it's kind of been a a smooth transition for him because of that. And I think he's thrived on that. That's a great, great point. Look, the Rams were built to win a championship now. Correct. This this is all gravy for the Bengals. I mean, they were looking to get better. They were looking to take the next step. Well, they've taken about five steps. I mean, you know what I mean? So this is all look, if if the Bengals get beat, it's like, hey, this is step one. We're we're, we're you know, we're we're gonna be we're going to get better. We're going to come back. But for the Rams, it was, okay, let's go get OBJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go get Matt Stafford. Let's go get Von Miller. Let's go get these dudes, and let's go win a game. Let's go win a championship right now. And so I think if you're talking about pressure, is it the pressure on the Rams to win the thing and not the Bengals, and the Bengals can go play loose? Absolutely. I think so. Let's hear from both quarterbacks. We'll start with, with Joe Burrow. It's been uh, a culmination of a lot of hard work that have, has finally come to fruition, and you know, it's really been a dream come true the last you know, really two and a half years. You know, we're excited about all the hard work that we've put in and gotten us to this moment. It's uh, it's Burrow talking about getting there. Now, when it comes to pressure, Matt Stafford says, "Yeah, it's on us." The second I was traded here and we, you know, got Von Miller, we get Odell, we get these unbelievable players, we get Sony Michelle, all these guys. You know, the pressure for our team has been there all season from the outside. But from us, that stuff hasn't really bothered us, hasn't really crept into our, uh, you know, into our thought process at all. We just go out there and attack each day. Anybody buying that, that, that they don't think about it? I do. You really do? Yeah. I mean, you, look, if you try to overthink this game, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. And so the, there is outside pressure and there's pressure on management. But for, for a player to go out there and put that undue pressure on himself, you're asking for failure. So I think you just have to go out there and just play the game, play as loose as you possibly can. 
I agree that you need to do that, but I also realize that that dude stood there and, and he, I mean, he told you why the pressure was on. So don't, he, he's thought about it. There ain't, there's no question that to a man, they probably have thought about it. And does this team, do, can you keep this team together, at, at, you know, for, for next season? The Rams? Yes. No, I don't think so. No. No. You know, uh, it's now for them. It's now for them. The the future's bright for the Bengals, the, and it's now for them. I think, the to me, one thing that scares me as far as looking at the Bengals and we're talking about you know Joe Burrow and, and, and the team and coming back next year is, is this a situation – and I've thought about this. Is this a situation where – this could turn into a Dan Marino situation. Oh, please don't. You know, but no, I know, no, I know. Logically, though, realistically, you get there, you're this early on, and, you know, we see the success, you have it around you, and the Dolphins were in the exact situation mm-hmm. and just could never get over that hump again. That's one thing that kind of makes me want to pump the brakes on Cincinnati. A lot of future. playoff games. Absolutely. But never got back. And it was Marino's second season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's crossed my mind. Ne- oh, yeah. <laughs> and he never got back. All right, uh, so we'll talk more about the Super Bowl as we roll through the week. Early predictions, and we'll do this every day. Who you like, Ward? I'm going to L.A. Uh, I got to ride with the Bengals. You know what? I think the Bengals figure out a way to block a little bit, and I, and I like Cincinnati. But, man, I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford deserves this because even now, you know, it was, can he get him to the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Can he win a playoff game? He's got to go on the road and beat Tampa Bay. Or it's a, or, or or this is a terrible uh, acquisition, and now it's they hired him. They went and got him to 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 win a Super Bowl. I mean, it, the finish line changes on Matthew Stafford every week. It seems like it does. He's done what they what they went and got him to do. I mean, he's he's managed their offensive football team, and and they've won a bunch of football games, and they're playing for a championship. <laughs> what else you want from the guy? I mean, you know, anyway. Uh, We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Circle Drug. Let's talk about Circle Drug at 3211 Robinson Drive. They're locally owned. They're an independent pharmacy, and they're your one-stop shop for all your pharmaceutical and medical supply needs. They got – and, again, it's about service with Doc Everett and his group. They have free delivery. I mean, who does that now? Free delivery to your home or to your office. Uh and then again, if you want to go there, and that's kind of what I do when I go to, to Circle Drug. I, I, I want to be there. I want to be able to talk to the pharmacist if I need to or, or whatever the case may be. So I go there. But you know what? You're saying, you know, I just don't feel comfortable going inside. Well, then don't go inside. You can go through the drive-thru. You get, there's a walk-up window. Uh, they'll even bring it to your car if you so choose. There's a million one ways that you can do this. They offer vaccines. They offer uh, walkers and wheelchairs, diabetic testing supplies. It, it's it's your one-stop shop when it comes to pharmaceutical and medical supply needs, and they'll help you with your insurance. They did me the other day. I, I had a I had a little little issue with uh, with a new insurance company, and and they took care of it and got it done for me. Full service, great selection of over-the-counter medications. And just friendly folks. You're going to love doing business with Doc Everett and his group over at Circle Drug. They're open Monday. And again, check out the hours. Monday through Friday, 9 to 6. Not to 5, 6. People get off at 5. They need to go to the pharmacy. They can't because they're open till 6. You need to do it on Saturday. They're open till 2, 9 to 2. Here's the phone number if you got a question. 
254-662-0774. It's Circle Drug. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody has covered check of Baylor Athletics on the Monday Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, we'll wrap up a full weekend in Baylor Athletics, including Baylor women's basketball with back-to-back wins over the Lady Longhorns. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us this Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey. That's the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's and right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. It was a busy weekend in Baylor athletics, including Baylor women's basketball continuing their stretch of four games in eight days against four ranked opponents. It continued with a 75-63 win over Texas Friday evening in the Farrell Center. Then, playing the Lady Longhorns back-to-back, Baylor won in Austin on Sunday, 63-55 the final. Baylor was down 28-16 at halftime, but exploded for 45 second-half points for the victory. Head coach Nikki Collin asked, what was the difference in the second half? Being tougher, not turning the basketball over, it was it was that simple. They out-toughed us in the first half. We had one assist and 11 turnovers. In the second half, we had seven assists and three turnovers. So, you know, it was taking care of the basketball, being poised. Um, you know, I was proud of us that we never turned it over against the press all night. Um, but we were just like silly, silly mistakes um, and turnovers in the first half. So it was being tough. Um, it was flattening our ball screens out a little bit. And then I think we did a pretty good job of getting it to one in the second half. Nikki Collin and the Baylor women now 17-5 on the season. They are 7-3 in Big 12 Conference play, hosting Kansas State Wednesday at 7 in the Farrell Center. Men's basketball dropped an 83-59 decision to Kansas on Saturday in Lawrence. The Baylor men head to Manhattan to play K-State this Wednesday evening at 7. Also from the weekend, Acrobatics and Tumbling opens its schedule with a dominating win over UMHB. Baylor Equestrian drops a tough 11-8 decision to top-ranked Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And men's tennis with a doubleheader sweep on Sunday over Idaho State and Incarnate Word, they'll host Texas in a non-conference match this evening at 6. 
And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball all season long. The Baylor women home in the Farrell Center Wednesday hosting Kansas State. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday on 104.9 FM. Tune in to the new broadcast crew of Derek Smith and Sophia Young-Malcolm all season long for Baylor women's basketball. This Wednesday on 104.9 FM. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Time to talk high school football with Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Eight oh four. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Ward White, Garrett Ross, and from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, we say good morning to Greg Tepper. Greg, good morning. How are you, buddy? Uh, good morning. Uh, I think. I've recovered from last week. I mean, you can't, what you can't do. I don't think it's fair uh, for them to throw national signing day and UIL realignment back to back. That seems excessive, especially in what's supposed to be ostensibly the off season. Greg, we, it was a, uh, it was an unusual realignment day, wasn't it? Yeah, I would say so. You know, first and foremost, it, it, it a lot of it had to go virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, not because of uh, not because of, of of the pandemic, but but largely because of big weather. Because there was, uh, you know, most of for those who don't know, on UIL realignment day, uh, they're released at nine a.m. and a lot of coaches uh, from particular areas get all get together. There's big meetings in uh, Central Texas and in Austin. Uh, there's big uh, meetings in the Rio Grande Valley, which still happened because they were just fine. Uh, but then there's another, uh, perhaps the biggest one is in Birdsville in the DFW Metroplex. Uh, but with big weather, the coaches were not able to get together. So kind of everybody found out online. Um, but then, you know, when the alignments did come out, it was a little bit of a, of a strange alignment in the sense that I think the overall takeaway is that it was mostly chalky. It was mostly the same. There weren't all that many little surprises except where it wasn't chalky, in which case the UIL went crazy. And they made some huge shifts that really changed things. The way that Matt Sepp, our our insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, put it, was that there were no boring changes. They were all uh, either everything stayed the same or it totally shifted the balance of power in particular classifications, particular brackets, uh, things like that. So it it was a strange uh, alignment and 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 uh, one that I think is going to be remembered as such, not only because of the the fact that we weren't able to get together because of the weather, uh, but also because of of just the the nature of this particular alignment. Let's Great. start. I'm sorry, Ward. Let's start with District 11 in 3A. Uh, do you think the UIL looks and goes, yeah, let's let's do it here? Uh, this is, I mean, this is the new. You know, District of Doom, if you will. I mean, when you start looking at this thing. 
Yeah, I don't think there's really any doubt about it when you're talking about an already strong district. Uh, you know, remember, we're talking about a district that 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 already featured a team like Lorena, the defending 3A Division One state champs. It already featured Little River Academy, which is an 11 win team from a year ago. It already featured uh, teams that were, uh, you know, in the Battle of Bell, right? Cameron Yo, Rockdale, McGregor's been capable of great years. Troy had a down year, but we know what they're capable of. It already had that. And they said, well, you know what, why don't we add in the defending 3A Division II state champs in Franklin? Um, now, to your, to your question, I think that uh, the UIL does say that they do this blind, that they go in there and these are just uh, – these are nameless, you know, tacks on a, on, a, uh, on, a, on a map. They have admitted that there is something to be considered about competitive – uh, they they had some some particular phrase, but but they're, they're, that there need to be a little competitive balance or things like that. The one thing I'll say about this particular instance, with Franklin joining this district with Lorena and and Little River Academy, Cameron, you know, et cetera, is that if you take a look at three A Division One and where all these teams are, there weren't a whole lot of other places for Franklin to go. They're kind of now by moving up to three A Division One. They're in the kind of the north part of the Brass Valley. They are really a bit on an, on an island. There's not a whole lot of places for them to go. And so as a result, it actually does make, I think, a, a lot of geographic sense to lump them in there. This is something that we thought was a possibility. Uh, and, and the fact that they came through, I don't think it's necessarily a shocker. That said, whenever you see, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to need a district game between the two defending 3A state champions, it's certainly a bit shocking. What was the biggest eye-popping moment for Greg Tepper in this realignment? Yeah, the biggest eye-popping moment for me would have been uh, whenever I, I opened up 2A and, and I saw that kind of, kind of for what appears to be no real reason other than to just light a fire and see what happens is that they put Refurio and China in the same district. Um, down there in, uh, in 15-2A Division One. you may remember they've long been in the same region, uh, but now they just decided to lump them together. That was the part where I said, "Whoa, uh, that's that's certainly go that's certainly going to, to turn to, you know raise some eyebrows." The second place that I went uh, was in Five A Division One uh, because if there is, for all we talk about a a, a relatively chalky realignment, th this is where Five A Division One is where things went a little bit crazy, town banana pants, and they 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 changed <laughs> some things up, particularly bringing obviously with Alito on the way up. Uh, you know, the alignment for Alito, there were a lot of different places that they could have gone. We thought that there was a, an outside possibility they get sent west to like Lubbock and Amarillo like Abilene did. Uh, that didn't come to pass. The thing that nobody had on their bingo card was for them to get in a district with Den Ryan, which was, was certainly shocking. The other one that, that really jumped out at me that was, that was a, a, a shocking one that may be flying under people's radar is that they moved uh, Carthage. In, in uh, 4A Division Two, of course, a team that needs no introduction. Uh, they moved them from District 10 to District 8. And and perhaps if you're, if you're not familiar with realignment, uh, you're thinking, okay, what's the big deal? They, they changed the number of their district. That is as massive a shift as you can possibly give in the sense that uh, they are flipping sides of the bracket. They're going from Region 3, District 10 would be in Region 3, over to Region 2, District 8 is in Region 2. So that means they're going from, if you're facing a, 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 a playoff bracket, they're going from the right side of the bracket to the left side of the bracket. To put it another way, imagine if they moved the Kansas City Chiefs to the NFC. Like, that's, that's basically what happened, is that they took 
a, a major powerhouse, a team that is uh, every single year has state championship, uh, you know, a, has a chance to win a state championship, and they move them to the other side of the league. That is a huge shift that I, that really, once I kind of digested it, uh, really caught my eye. Tep, I know for me, one district in our area that caught my attention was uh, District 8, 2A, D1. And when you look at that, you got Bosqueville, Crawford. You throw in Marlin, who defeated both of those guys last year, and a Rosebud Lot team who's coming off a playoff run. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this district? And kind of capped off with the job that Coach Torres did at um, Marlin in year one and what expected going forward. Yeah, I mean, let, let's start there with, with what Coach Torres is doing there with, at Marlin. I mean, they are one of the fast-rising, up-and-coming programs, not just in the state of Texas, but I would say, you know, but, but, but at any classification. I mean, they have been absolutely spectacular. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing about Marlin in this particular um, alignment was that we thought that there was going to be a chance that they shifted over to Region 4. We thought there was a chance because of where they are, kind of in that, whenever you're in Central Texas uh, at the small school level, you're kind of at the mercy of the UIL because they can, you're kind of a, a wild card uh, in the sense that they can kind of put you wherever they want. Um, we thought there was a, uh, an outside chance that they get sent to Region 4, which would be Refurio, Shiner, Mason. I mean, you talk about a region of doom becoming even tougher. Well, they didn't. They ended up landing in District 8, uh, you know, staying in Region 2, uh, but they did shift over, and that small shift over to District 8 is uh, is massive because to now get into a district uh, with Crawford, I think, is is pretty remarkable. You mentioned Rosebud Lot, a program I think is on the rise uh, as well. Uh, this is uh, this is pretty shocking, I, I thought. You know, when you add those in with with, with Bosqueville as well, uh, a program that that is con, uh, con, you know pretty much every year a contender. Um, I mean, my initial read on on District Eight Two A Division One, and you'll have to forgive me. I, I don't have to put out a magazine for at least four months now, so <laughs> so don't hold me to this. My initial read is that there's five playoff spots for, or four uh, five playoff teams for four playoff spots. There's going to be a good team left out of the playoffs, at least at least one, and that's that's if some of the teams that maybe struggled uh, last year, like if a team like uh, you know. I don't know if a team like Riesel isn't able to put it to that is is able to put it together. Then suddenly that's gonna that's gonna add up. I mean, you've got a lot of really quality teams in eight two a division one that are somebody's gonna get left out, and and that is the mark of a really deep and tough district. Speaking of five teams for four spots, but uh, man, oh man, it's gonna be competitive every week, and that's four uh, a division one district five with with China, Stephenville, La Vega, and Alvarado, Waxahachie Life. Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, taking two state champions and putting them in the same district, it's the same thing for it. Uh, you know, China Spring on the way up uh, from 4A Division Two, they decide to lump them in. Hey, you know what? Why don't we just throw them in with Waco La Vega, which I don't think is a surprise. You know, you look at geographically, that, that makes a lot of sense with China Spring and La Vega. What really was a bit of a surprise was that they threw them out west with Stephenville. Stephenville is one of those real – typical kind of uh kind of edge case programs in, in in alignments just because of where they are i know that you know we as as, as football fans know where they are and, and stuff like that but but they really are as far as four division one programs are, are concerned they really are kind of out there on an island and, and so there was a chance they could go west there was a chance they could go kind of more north to the dfw metroplex uh, or they get sent kind of southeast uh to uh central texas and so now you've got two defending champs and a program that is continually playing for state championships in Waco-La Vega, all in the same district. And by the way, 
Alvarado's nothing to turn your own nose up at either. And Waukesha <laughs> Life's had their moments as well. So, yeah, what, what I, the other thing that's interesting, I would say that, you know, and, and, and all these coaches, you know, Don Hyde and, and Sterling Doty, uh, you know, they're, they're really, you know, they, 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 they'll all say the right things. But the other thing to keep an eye on there is that they have a um, – that, that, that with five – in a five-team district, that means you've got to find six non-district games. And Good luck. I don't know – I don't know if you guys know this, but there's not a ton of teams lining up to play <laughs> Stephenville and China Spring. La Vega, La Vega does this every year when they're in like an 18 district. They have t- time. They have difficulty finding like set three uh, non-district games. So that's going to be that's a, certainly a big challenge uh, that that comes about uh, whenever the alignments are posted. In District 11, the original District of Doom with Cedar Hill and DeSoto and Duncanville in there. How much more competitive did it get by getting Legacy, Lake Ridge, and, and Mansfield all back in that district like it used to be, oh, six or seven years ago? Yeah, it's 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 really interesting uh, what they were what they did here because they basically took a, a district that was you know that that kind of Central Texas DFW kind of uh, hybrid, and they said, nope, this is a DFW district. That that's what we're doing. Um, and so they, they add in those programs, uh, you know, they, they drop uh, midway and then they add in the, the Mansfield programs uh, to, to add them in there. And they add in Dallas Skyline. Um, this is a perfect example of uh, the kind of district where the core of it didn't really change. With all due respect to Midway, the core of it was always going to be Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill. The, the, those teams along I-30, those were always going to be uh, the, the, real, the real power nexus. Uh, or I-20, rather, those are really going to be the power nexus of that district. They go in and they add in uh, Dallas Skyline. They needed a place to put that Dallas ISD program. They end up putting them in there, uh, and then they add in the Mansfield schools. I thought in a lot of ways that was that was a little interesting and, and, and maybe signals to the UIL that, that I think that they didn't – I don't know if they, they loved those kind of cross-regionals uh, districts, especially when you're dealing with major metro areas like DFW. You know, one of the things that I think is, is interesting because there's all – again, to get back to Central Texas, because of where they are, they are they're always going to be kind of a, a – unless you get down to small school ranks where there's a ton of those the, uh, the smaller schools – with the big schools, there's always going to be kind of the teams that are, are moving in and moving out and, and, and teams. There's going to be some cross regional aspect to it just because there's not enough teams uh, for them to go and say, you know what, we're going to base the district in central Texas. We're not going to make them kind of travelers, I think, is is telling uh, to what they wanted to accomplish with this alignment. You know, the fact that, uh, like a small example, and this is a different district, but District 12, 6A, uh, they, they took Hutto and they sent them north, right? Uh, they, they sent them north to uh, uh, to, to play the, I mean, Houston, basically an Austin area team, Pflugerville Weiss, you know, an Austin area team, going up to play Colleen Harker Heights, play Temple, play Midway. Um, I think that they, they, they said, you know what, the last couple of years, uh, Midway has been, uh, you know, a visitor to it, basically playing playing road games in a lot of ways, and play a visitor in a DFW district. Now they kind of have a district with Temple and, and, and those teams to call their own. They can they can kind of sit at home more often than not, uh, as opposed to uh, to going on the road. So I thought that was a little bit interesting, and, and I don't know if they planned that that way, but it, 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 after a little bit of uh, consideration, I wonder if they said. Uh, that we want to base this district in Central Texas instead of kind of sending these Central Texas teams out to be outliers in different districts. I kind of tying that together. I know one of the things I always look for are the schools that are moving up or down in a classification. Mm-hmm. And 
What are your thoughts on the, all the, the clean schools for the vast majority dropping down to 5A? And then that gives Waco High, who has really struggled at 6A, an opportunity to come back down and get reunited with some old rivals. Yeah, I think that this is a real big win for, for every program involved. You know, when you take a look at a program like Shoemaker, uh, who I think is a program to keep an eye on, I think they're a program that I think is, is on the rise. Uh, you know, them dropping down from 6A to 5A Division One, they're going to be immediately more um, – they're going to be immediately more um, competitive. They're going to have programs. They're going to be there now. And here's the other thing about this. Uh, you know, they get dumped into a district with, uh, you know, look, Red Oak and, 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 and Midlothian and, and new program in Lake Belton, right, Cleaver and Granbury. Uh, for those programs, that's a good district draw, I think, for Colleen. I think that they were able – the Colleen schools, I think they're able to compete. I think the same thing for Waco High. I think they can kind of get their feet underneath them uh, maybe a little bit more than, than they otherwise have been. So I think, I think for them, that's all, that's all good news is, is for, for that concern, especially Waco. I think that they, they are pleased as punch to be getting out 11-6A and dropped in here. And the other thing about this, and this is bigger picture – the other thing about this is they get dropped into Region 1, which, again, Central Texas, they can get put kind of wherever they want. To get dropped into Region 1, which is, with all due respect, obviously with Alito and Denton Ryan looming, I think the weakest of the four regions uh, overall on balance. Uh, you know, you're talking about an El Paso district. You're talking about a West Texas district, uh, you know, with uh, Abilene, the Amarillo schools, Lubbock schools. Uh, you know, for them – I think that this was a really uh, a really savvy draw for them. And I think that they've got to feel really good about their spot, not only to make the playoff, these clean schools, not only to make the playoffs, uh, but also to make a little bit of a run. Because, uh, like, yes, you want to avoid Ryan and Alito as long as possible. But if you can get that right kind of draw, then suddenly you could be talking about a two, three-round playoff, uh, playoff uh, push and, and feeling really good about your season. Greg, what do you guys got going on uh, as far as uh, the uh... – uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Yeah, you know, obviously last week was nuts. We've uh, we've caught our breath now, and and we're going to kind of continue to sift through this data and see what we can see. And then, believe it or not, uh, on on Thursday we have a meeting to start talking about putting together the 2022 summer edition <laughs> That's of awesome. the magazine. So <laughs> so I get about I get got like a weekend, and now I get to to get back to work. So yeah, it's 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 never stops, but we got our daily live show on TexasFootball.com. We're talking football every day. And so if you need your little football fix in the offseason, uh, we're your place. In July, I'll be here before we know it. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> come on, man. Like, I, I got to put together a 400-page magazine. I haven't even started on it yet. Uh, come on. Just, why don't you just say, you know, July seems a long way away. Yeah, and, but it doesn't. Well, plenty of time. It's plenty of runway between now and then. Greg, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, take care, boys. Have a great day. That is Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Good stuff. 821, we're 21 after 8. Corey just sent us a text, uh, Ward, and he said uh, that, it, it, and I haven't confirmed this, but I'm. we know Corey certainly has confirmed it, but he says that Lorena is going to play China Spring and La Vega in non-district. So not only are they going to tee it up in that league. With, Makes you a better football team. No question. No question. And guess what? You're going about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You're not driving an hour and a half or two hours or three hours or, you know, down to the valley or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Wow, but what a non-district schedule that's going to be. Like oh, yeah, good for them. Uh, all right, uh, so how many state champions will be on their schedule? Uh, <laughs> in deep playoff team. I mean, good gracious. They're going to have a handful, probably half of their schedule. Uh, let's see. So they'll have Franklin. Uh 
and they'll have China. So they'll have two state champions that they're playing, as in, you know, they're a defending state champion, but the, a lot of teams making deep runs are, are on that, that schedule. Crazy stuff. 822, we're 22 after 8. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Let's talk about Pioneer Steel and Pipe. They've been serving Central Texas since 1943. Pioneer Steel and Pipe has had the same ownership, same family-operated business, and they've been doing this for over four generations, which is, man, that's a rarity in today's business environment. John Emery and, and Braden Emery uh, heading up that thing over there at uh, Pioneer Steel and Pipe where they carry all sizes of pipe from one-half inch to 24 inches for all your fencing needs. They also have square tubing, one-half inch to six inches for all your weekend projects such as those deer stands and ornamental iron jobs and all that fun stuff. They they have uh, uh, American-made grade 60 rebar. They're basically, they're your one-stop shop for all your steel needs. They have a location in Bryan, and they also have a location here in Waco at 913 South Loop Drive. You can check them out 24-7 at pioneerboys.com, or you can stop by the store. They're open Monday through Friday from 730 until 5 and Saturday 8 until noon. Remember, they deliver and they unload. We're talking about Pioneer Still in Pine. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. Mostly sunny skies and a high of 56. We'll see a pretty weak cold front move through the area this morning, which will shift our winds back out of the north anywhere between 10 to 15 miles per hour, with some gusting to 20 miles per hour. Clear skies tonight with a low of 28. Tomorrow, much warmer with a high of 65 and mostly sunny skies. Make sure to join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecasts first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I'm not saying he hasn't been critical of coaches at times, but for him to be that overt, you know, saying it's a pet peeve, it seems to be almost a direct reaction to what Mike McCarthy was saying the other day. Like, hey, we're going to work on this in the offseason. Oh, this is going to be something we get, get done. Well, he didn't like hearing that. Jerry didn't. And he was pretty direct with it. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready. We are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. 
At UBO Business Services, we understand that digital transformation is the integration of digital technology into all areas of a business, fundamentally changing how you operate and deliver value to your customers. By letting UBO Business Services identify and remedy inefficient paper and email-based business processes, we can help your organization grow by 20 to 30% without adding any additional headcount. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118-222462. You'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. This year's McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair is February 8th through the 11th at the Exaco Event Center. With more than 500 local 4-H and FFA students exhibiting their livestock, come join us and help raise funds for the scholarships and education programs. And on Friday night, Holt and their family of businesses proudly presents the Sale of Champions with the top placing animals and projects up for sale. It's the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair, February 8th through the 11th at the Extra Co Event Center. For more information, like them on Facebook or call 254 722 2597. Day 28, welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, we're glad you're with us. The Bears on the road Wednesday night at Kansas State. And what for me, I think this is a big game. I want to see how they respond coming off that loss at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. Not only was it a loss, I mean, let's be honest, they got thumped around really, really soundly by, by KU. You know, Baylor got the first bucket, go up 2 nothing, and then it was a 12-0 run by Kansas. And after that, they never looked back. No, lights were out. They, they, they never even got close after that. It was that, that was the most discombobbled basketball team I've seen that started with two points in a lead mm-hmm. and then just could not could not do anything. I it couldn't help themselves at all. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. It, it's an important game because it's the next game, and they all are. But you know you can't let one become two. You can't let this beatdown from Kansas turn into something that that hangs over your head and you start worrying about it and doing things and and, and gets you off your game because one turns into two, two turns into three, and you know that's how. You know those how these things turn in a bad direction. So you've got to wad it up, throw it in the trash can, and just come out and, and play as loose as you possibly can, and try to get off to a quick start. You got to make this a one-time thing. Hey, look, we played bad. We know we played bad, and we're going to turn the corner. We're going to fix this. Figure out what we did. Get some guys healthy and get back on that winning track. Or this will turn into two, three, four, and then you're trying to figure out how to stop a skid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, to me, that's why it's such a huge game. And, and you could tell after the game, uh, Scott Drew talked with uh, John and with Pat on the uh, Baylor Sports Network from Learfield on the postgame show. We haven't been beaten like that in uh, three, four years. Um, so, it starts with me as a head coach. Can't let things snowball like that. Uh, I thought we were prepared. We were ready. Um First thing we wanted to do was make sure we controlled transition, and they got 15 points in the first half, so we didn't do that. Second thing is we wanted to rebound, and they had 15 points in the first half. That's 30. We didn't do that. So uh, the two things we set out to do, we didn't do, and uh, uh, we didn't give our half-court defense much of a chance when um, they only scored nine, and he 
the other way. So uh, um, that's really disappointing. Uh, we'll go back to the film. Uh, we got we got guys that don't like being embarrassed. We got guys that uh, uh, are tough. They're winners. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But right now, all of us are uh, uh, pretty upset with our effort. Tough to win when your guards didn't have a single point in the first half, and then James finishes 0 for 11 from the floor on the day. Yeah, we were 0 for 14 at half, but still transition defense can't can't be sacrificed. Offensive rebounding can't be sacrificed. So if we're 0 for 11, we got to find a way to make sure that they're 0 for 11 or 0 for 14 uh, or 0 for 14 first half. We got to make sure that maybe they're 3 for 14, but you can't give them second chance points. You can't give them uh, uh, layups. You can't give them easies and. Beginning of the game, we took a bunch of jump shots. Beginning of the game, they made a bunch of layups, and uh, that they, you just can't start the game that way unless you're making them. And we weren't, and we weren't getting second chance points. Yeah, that is uh, Scott Drew, man. I mean, he just he just laid it out for you right there. And, and Ward, you made a great point earlier this morning. After being thoroughly dismantled and embarrassed on national television on their home floor, Kansas getting thumped by K- Kentucky in the Big 12 SEC uh, shootout, Kansas went on the road, and they went and won at their rival Kansas State, their in-state rival Kansas State. But that was their first opportunity to redeem themselves, if you will, at home. Mm-hmm. And they were locked and loaded. And they were. They, 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 and they were ready to play. They they did not want to have a repeat performance and let their fans down. And look, you, you had the defending national champions coming to town. Don't forget that. Yep. I mean, this Good is point. still – the national champions coming onto your floor and you want to make a big statement. Everybody's going to be up for Baylor. So, you know, if you're not on your game, look out because they're going to be on theirs when you walk into their gymnasium. And trust me, they're going to pour it on every opportunity they get. Absolutely. And you're right. That's a great point. You're playing the defending national champions. You're playing somebody who's trying to take, you know, take over as the program in, in the conference. And, and Kansas is a proud program, and that's a tough place to play. There's 17,000. I mean, there's a bunch of things going on, but still and yet, you can't get run out of the gym. You cannot get run out of the gym, and they were. One thing that kind of caught my attention with this, listening to the broadcast that got brought up a couple times, was how this is now a rivalry between Baylor and Kansas. Good. Is that is that a, is it a rivalry yet? Well, when, when – when, Maybe for Baylor, but not for Kansas. I I see. I disagree. I think it is for Kansas because you were, for 10, 12 years, no one won the conference but you. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you got these guys over here not only winning the conference championship, but they're going out and winning the national championship while you're sitting at home. Yeah, I think they were ticked off. Yeah, I think they want to play. I think they love playing Baylor. I I think it's now. And, you know, Baylor went in there, what, a year or so ago? Last year. Yeah, and won on their floor. Don't you think that wasn't part of the equation? Oh, it definitely was. I just was curious, and I was like, you know, I think let it us is know. a rivalry. Is it a rivalry? I, I think it is. I, I certainly do. Uh, in, in, you know, or does it? So I would love to know what they think. Honestly, that's yeah. a great question. I never really thought about a rivalry, but that's a great question. Is KU and BU? I think it's one that could build, but I'm, I'm – Kind of hesitant to say that at this point it is a rivalry, but I think All that right. definitely the trajectory of Baylor and we know what Kansas is. I think it could turn into one. All right, it's uh, eight thirty-four, twenty-six away from nine. Shea Jay Araja from CBSSports.com is coming up next. 
Waco Tacos in downtown Waco in Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month. The Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco. Sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they will sell your home in five days or less, or they will buy it for a price you agree upon prior to listing your home. They're your connection to buyers from not only around Central Texas, but also nationally. If you're going to sell your home, there's only one real estate agent you should trust, and that's Aaron Ryan at the Brokerage House Realtors. Aaron has a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value and multiple offers. For more information, visit 5daystosow.com. That's 5 days to so.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Toft Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF. That's 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. Taking advantage of two interceptions returned for touchdowns, the AFC beat the NFC in the Pro Bowl 41-35. A strong third quarter helped Baylor overcome an eight-point halftime deficit to beat Texas 63-55. They will host Kansas State on Wednesday while the Baylor men travel to Kansas State to take on the Wildcats the same night. MCC Baseball beat Wallace Dothan 5-4 to go 2-2 at the Panama City Beach Juco Classic and are now 3-3-1 for the season. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. All right, it's 8.37. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Ward White, Garrett Ross, glad to have you with us. And we welcome in from CBSSports.com, Shehan Jayaraja. Shehan, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks as always for having me. Let's uh, let's begin with uh, one of my favorite subjects, NIL. Uh, I noticed that uh, on uh, CBSSports.com you've got an article uh, where the uh, this year – some schools will actually sell jerseys where the uh, the, the kids are going to be part of the NIL program. And, and to me, when I looked at that and, and just read that article, 
to me, that's what NIL was meant to do. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's the most natural, probably, of of any of the the NIL offerings. I mean, for years, obviously, people have wanted to have jerseys named with uh, people's names on the back. I mean, I remember when I was in school, I mean, everybody had a number 14 jersey, but it wasn't allowed to be a Bryce Petty jersey. I mean, what is that, right? I mean, and so I think that this is righting a wrong in a lot of ways. And I think, uh, you know, so far, only a couple of schools have publicly announced it to LSU, Oklahoma, Washington, and Penn State among them. But I expect that by the time that we head towards the season, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that you're going to have the opportunity to buy it. Certainly, I think that you know, hopefully Baylor will be in that picture as well. Uh, based on the, the wording that we got from Fanatics, which is the group that's kind of facilitating this, they offered this to dozens of schools. And so you'd expect that most of the Power 5 schools would have the opportunity to do it. And, and yeah, I mean, it's just a no-brainer, right? I mean, it, everybody wants to, you know, to have a jersey of their favorite player, uh, you know, and, and that's such a driver for revenue in other sports as well. So I, I think that it makes a lot of sense that it's finally happening in college football. When you look at the NIL and what it has brought to college football, and we've talked about it several times, it, it's basically now college football is free agency. Who has the deepest pockets? Uh, unless we can figure out a way to do something like the jersey sales and maybe curtail this a little bit, is it just going to get worse, or do you think it's going to taper off? Yeah, I think it's. I think that we're just so new into this, right? And so everybody's chasing this money. Everybody's chasing this short-term opportunity. But I think the thing is, right, I mean, you know, there's a reason that kids go to Alabama, and it's not because necessarily they're getting paid to be there. It's because they will have the best chance to be drafted into the NFL. They'll, they'll have the best chance of being a first-round NFL draft pick. I mean, you look at Alabama's rate of putting five stars into the NFL in the first round, and it's so much higher than other schools. And ultimately – you know, people have to make decisions that are best for them from a long-term perspective. This is a new factor, and so everybody's trying to be first on it. Everybody's trying to maximize everything that they can. But the reality is, you know, if, if there are opportunities where, you know, kids are coming out of school because they think that they're going to get an NIL opportunity and they don't get on the field or they don't get developed, it's going to be way bigger of a detractor than anything that NIL can provide. So I think that it's going to taper off in the coming years. It's always going to be a part of the game. I mean, and, and yes, you know, you're going to have situations like, you know, frankly, this this Texas offensive line thing that's a little bit of a sham, uh, you know, that, that's kind of obviously meant to funnel money to players. And and that's just going to be part of it. But I think that at the end of the day, if, you know, if Texas doesn't have success, if Texas doesn't develop offensive linemen, uh, that's what's going to ultimately come out of this. Shay, I want to switch gears a little bit. What exactly is going on at Auburn? <laughs> if you uh, if you figure out, please tell me. But uh, you know, I, I think I think more than anything else, right? I mean, if you're Auburn right now. You just saw Georgia, a team that hasn't won a national championship since 1980, win a national championship. You have Alabama win the year before. And by the way, those are your two rivals, and those are two teams that you play every single year. And so I think for Auburn right now, it's really less to do with Brian Harson. He plays a part, don't get me wrong. And it's more about the fact that Auburn feels its program kind of backsliding while these two programs only continue to move forward to arguably be, you know, two of the five top programs in college football. And so, you know, you look at this past recruiting class for Auburn, uh, it's fine. You know, it's number 18 in the country, but that makes them eighth in the SEC. I mean, the, the level of talent acquisition that dominates the SEC is just on another level. And, and that's the thing, right? I mean, when you look at the, you know, when you look at Georgia, I think that that's going to be a model in a lot of ways for other programs. It's going to be, you know, 
yes, they, they scheme up very well. Yes, they have a good defensive mind in Kirby Smart. They have a good defensive mind in Dan Lanning. But really the thing that made them a championship program was just acquiring players. And so I'd expect that, you know, at Auburn, if they do end up making a change, they're going to push out this guy who's from the West Coast, who's more of a football coach than he is a recruiter, and probably bring in somebody who's going to be a little bit more of a pure recruiter because I think that that's what the fan base believes is going to get them competing with Alabama and Georgia. Now, here's the thing, though, right? I mean, I don't know if there's a, a program poised to be a bigger loser in this Texas-Oklahoma thing than Auburn because all of a sudden you're competing with Oklahoma and Texas potentially in your division. You're competing with Texas A&M who has long-term stability at head coach with Jimbo Fisher. You got LSU, you got Alabama, you got Georgia on your schedule every single year. I mean, Auburn might just be in trouble, right? I mean, this might be sort of a last gasp before Auburn starts to decline a little bit. But I, I think that certainly there's such fervor there for them to be a championship level program that they're going to uh, cut ties and do crazy things to try to do anything that they can to get back to competitiveness. Was there anything crazy, uh, any any big splash on National Signing Day? I mean, with with the early signing period, it almost feels like it's, it, you know, for lack of a better term, almost an afterthought at times. Yeah, I think that I think that that's how it was, and I think that's how it's going to be heading forward. But I think that we do have to point to the fact that Texas A&M capped off the number one signing class of all time in the two four seven era. I, I mean, this is not a program that's competed for number one classes. They've never had a class higher than three in, in the two four seven rankings. And Jimbo Fisher also too had never had a number one overall class, even after winning a national championship at Florida State. So. You know, I, I mentioned, right, this has become such a talent acquisition game, and I think that you look at the talent that they did acquire in a lot of ways. And, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of Jimbo Fisher's 2011 recruiting class at Florida State. You know, I think that that class finished number two in the country, and it featured a lot of the players who are going to be the bones of the national championship team. Now, I, I think that Texas A&M has a lot more work to do than that Florida State team did, but this is the kind of class that you need to really get into that stratosphere, especially when you're competing against the Nick Sabans and Kirby Smart and Ryan Days of the world. Uh, and so I think that, look, I mean, Texas A&M has only you know won 10 games one time since 1998. They haven't won a conference since 1998. Uh, it's been a long time, right? I mean, so history is against them in a lot of ways, but if you are going to buck that trend, this is how you have to do it. Does that all really matter till you turn those into wins, though? No, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, Kevin Sumlin had a number three overall recruiting class. He also had the number two uh, player in the country in Miles Garrett come, who became the number one overall draft pick. He had two five-star quarterbacks come in. I mean, recruiting hasn't been the main issue at Texas A&M. But to go in and really compete with that Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State level of recruiting, I think is a big deal. And ultimately, again, you know, sometimes you have to build it first before it comes and uh, you know we're gonna have to see now you know Jimbo Fisher we know he can recruit we know that he can acquire talent I, I think the question now is whether well like you kind of mentioned whether he can deploy that talent and the other thing too I, I mean when you are recruiting like this you should not be losing to Ole Miss you should not be losing to Mississippi State so I think that the flip side of this too is that if you're recruiting at this level and you don't ultimately even compete for the SEC West that's unacceptable. And ultimately, when Jimbo Fisher came to town, he was handed a, a plaque with a blank date that said national championship on it. That's the goal. If he doesn't win a national championship at Texas A&M with everything that they've put forward, with all the resources they poured into the program, with the level that they're recruiting at, it would be a failure. And so I think that that will be the bar that Jimbo Fisher's judged on. And every coach since 1939 at Texas A&M has failed that test. 
Shayhan, I think for me, one of the, the oddest things that stuck out as far as National Signing Day goes really wasn't even with recruits. It was Jim Harbaugh uh, being on an interview for the job uh, in the NFL. If you're a player, if you're a recruit and you see that, does are you kind of apprehensive to consider Michigan? I think that the reason that players weren't too apprehensive about it is, one, I mean, I, I think that it was always a little bit of a launch that he was going to get the job. I think the other thing, too, is that you feel like a lot of the staff would probably be in place. I mean, I think that you would assume that either Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, or Mike Hart, uh, the running backs coach, who's obviously a Michigan man, I think that you kind of assume that one of those guys will be promoted. So I I think it would be kind of similar to a Marcus Freeman situation at Notre Dame, where, yes, the head coach leaves, but in a lot of ways, some of the draws of the program are still there. So I don't think that it would have necessarily collapsed the entire recruiting class and the, the reality is too i mean some of these rumors started to pop up earlier and a lot of players still signed in back in december because they were still confident in the direction of the program i, I mean michigan still did even if jim harbaugh were to leave they still did beat ohio state for the first time in a decade they still did just play in the college football playoffs they still have recruited at a high level so i think that a lot of the draws would have still been there but but certainly whenever you're head coach i mean I, people in waco know this well but whenever a head coach is is obviously flirting with the nfl it, it's not helpful uh before you came on we were kind of talking off air about basketball and the question came up is Baylor and Kansas now a rivalry? I know during the broadcast that got brought up a couple of times, and would you look at what Baylor's doing right now, and obviously the future's still bright there, but as a Baylor grad, in your opinion, is Baylor-Kansas men's basketball a rivalry, or is it something that's going to become a rivalry? Yeah, I think that I probably lean a little more on they become a rivalry. I mean, look, you know, I was back there, like you mentioned, uh, from from 2012 to 2016, and and Baylor. I mean, every game against Kansas for against anybody, right, is, is a little bit of a rivalry game. Everybody wants to beat Kansas. It's kind of like playing Texas or Oklahoma in football. But I think that over these past couple of years, Baylor just definitely kind of stood up to Kansas as well, right? I mean, they did finally go. Uh, I, I believe it was back that 2017 team was the first team to go and win at Allen Fieldhouse. And they've competed a little bit better historically, obviously Saturday notwithstanding. And so I, I think that if Baylor's able to win another Big 12 at some point, if they're able to to make another Final Four, I, th- I think that that's really it more than anything else. Because for Kansas, I mean, it's the University of Kansas. This is maybe the most historic basketball program that there is in the country. I mean, James Nazeth was the dang basketball coach there at one point. So they, I think more than anything else, it's less about the games between them. And it's more about Baylor reaching their status. It's more about them, you know, competing at that level consistently. Cause look, realistically, anybody can have a good team. And Baylor had one of the great teams in the history of college basketball. It's more about sustained success. So I think that it's less about, are these games good? Do people care about these games? And to be a real rival to Kansas, I think it's going to be, does Baylor elevate itself long-term as a program? And right now, I think they're well on the way. All right, Shay, what are you working on for CBSSports.com right now? Yeah, so obviously we just finished up National Signing Day. We have a lot of great content from over there around that. I wrote about Texas A&M, and I wrote about Jimbo Fisher uh, kind of fighting back a little bit at some of the claims that people made during his Signing Day press conference. And then I'm going to have a piece up, too, kind of breaking down the Super Bowl rosters and, uh, and the paths that players took to get there as well. Look forward to uh, to reading those at CBSSports.com. Shayhan, as always, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you later. That is uh, Shayhan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. 849, we're 11 away from 9 o'clock. 
Uh, Greeny's coming up at 9. John Morris at 3. Matt Mosley's at 4. And if you're looking for what do I have for lunch today, and I know that at least one of us in this room is thinking about lunch, maybe two of us, maybe all three. Uh, anyway, Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers is where you need to go. The best burger in Waco, and, man, it's uh, there's a million and one reasons why, but uh, for me, it's because they don't cook it until you order it. Plus, they get that great secret seasoning that they put on it. Uh, and, again, as we mentioned, there's no, they're not putting food uh, under heat lamps and all that kind of stuff like some people do. No, they when, when you walk in, you place the order, then the, the young ladies there uh, that are taking your order start yelling out some codes and things and, you know, I need two and one minus three. I mean, I don't know what all that stuff means and don't care as long as I get that great hamburger. Uh, so you can you can get it cooked your way with, with onions or grilled onions or bacon or cheese or no cheese. And by the way, uh, let me be real clear. It drives me nuts when I order a hamburger and somebody says, do you want cheese on that? Thank no, you. that's a cheeseburger. I ordered a hamburger, not a cheeseburger. There's a difference. You don't have to ask me, you know, if I want cheese on my hamburger. I want a hamburger. Anyway, uh, so you, you could do all of that. You, you know, they've got um, they got sourdough buns. And I don't know if you've ever had one of their burgers on the sourdough bun. That is terrific. I mean, it really is terrific. So you can do that and, and get all the fixings, the fries, the curly fries, tots, all that good stuff, and it's all at Double R Old Fashioned Hamburger. And remember, if you got a big event coming up and you want uh, you want a catered meal, they're the guys to call. You can talk to Perry. You can talk to David, and you can do so at 254-753-1603. It's Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. Recently on Game Time. We are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12. I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life. This is what happens. Things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's arguments that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is. I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about, and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 It's time now for The Naked Truck, the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, we find Amanda and Brad on a date. Oh, Amanda, will you... Brad, I'm sorry. I just can't go out with you in this truck anymore. It's just so bare. You have nothing on this truck. But I have these subs that I bought online. Online? Really? Subwoofers are just a way for a man to make up for his lack of equipment. I am going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pick up outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad. Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pick up outfitters? Tune in again to The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Your Drive in Waco.
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lars Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Top Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF. That's 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. Taking advantage of two interceptions returned for touchdowns, the AFC beat the NFC in the Pro Bowl 41-35. A strong third quarter helped Baylor overcome an eight-point halftime deficit to beat Texas 63-55. They will host Kansas State on Wednesday while the Baylor men travel to Kansas State to take on the Wildcats the same night. MCC Baseball beat Wallace Dothan 5-4 to go 2-2 at the Panama City Beach Juco Classic and are now 3-3-1 for the season. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. 8.55, time for the grab bag. And and, uh, I want to talk NFL football on the grab bag. Warden, get your opinion on on uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, reports coming out this weekend that the Texans are talking uh, to Lovey Smith about their vacant head coaching position. Lovey's obviously from, from Texas, and uh, wh- what do you think? Well, he's familiar with the program. He's familiar with the players. He's been there for a while, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know that's it's kind of a natural fit. Uh, he did some good things as a head coach before, but he, he wasn't just overly outstanding as a head coach, so you know, I, I don't know. Is he one of those guys that's a better coordinator than he is a head coach? I, I, I think he deserves another opportunity to see how it works out for him. Um, but, you know, the, it I, I think whoever gets that job, whether it be him or whoever, has got a monumental task in they front of them. They got their work cut out Absolutely. for them, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, that that's an organization that's in disarray right now. So you need a guy that's that's going to create some stability. That's, you know, and, and, and then not worry about what his record is and, and go about the business of rebuilding that program. And then just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and, and do you move on to, from, from Deshaun Watson or do you try to figure out a way to get him back? I mean, you know, that's a huge – Distraction that, you know, I, I don't think that you really need. As good a player as he is, you know, I, I think you have to move on from that and try to rebuild this franchise from the ground up, and it starts right there at your cornerstone uh, of a quarterback. Now, it, this isn't the best draft co- uh, class for quarterbacks coming out. Um, no disrespect to any of the quarterbacks that are going to be there, but it's not, you know, the normal situation. So now what do you do? Do you go trade for somebody? Do you try to – you know, it's it's a huge question mark. So, you know, if he does get this, he's got to he's got to tread lightly because you know this thing could blow up in his face in a hurry just because of management and what he has to try to do to put a roster together. But I think you have to hire somebody with with some experience who's been there, done that a little bit. And you're right. I mean, he spent what seven or eight years in Chicago, a couple of years in Tampa Bay. He's 89 and 87 overall. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing overly impressive there but nothing you know nothing to throw the the baby out with the bathwater. but I think he's a guy that could create some stability within their program and I think that has been lacking unbelievable there's more questions than answers in Houston and and that would be a guy that's I think you know what could kind of calm the waters Mm -hmm. a little bit maybe if you make that higher so we'll see but I think they they need to start moving in, in my opinion the Texans need to start moving and in Maybe this is where you start right here. 
All right, it's 857. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a part of the program. Don't forget, John Morris is coming up at 3. Matt Mosley is at 4. We're back in the morning at 7 right here on ESPN Central Texas.